Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Would you lift your hands and ask God to move upon your spirit? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing, oh God, today that we feel in this room. That you would minister, you would heal, and you would help us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. You turn with me today to the book of Genesis chapter 3, reading with verse 20. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Mothers in the building today, we honor you. Appreciate honoring my wife. She's an amazing lady. She is. What you see here, she's all the time. And uh, you think of Proverbs 31, which was mentioned earlier about getting up before everybody gets up, going to bed after everybody goes to bed and working. And uh, I thought to myself when I was pondering Mother's Day, I thought to myself, where's the verse that says she needs a day off? She needs to have one day she can sleep in. I thought there would be like clapping of the hands and shouting from all the ladies in the room just now, you know. But how many know we need to give them a day off? They need some, they need a break. Let's, let's thank God for our, our wives and these mothers in the building here today. And uh, my goodness, I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord in this room today. So glad that you're here. Genesis chapter three, reading with verse 20. It says, and Adam called his wife's name Eve. Everybody say Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. She was the mother of all living. I could almost wrap up the message in 15 seconds in reality. And then you could go eat and have a day off. But I'm going to preach longer than 15 seconds. But at least give you the thought. Before she had one child, he said that she is Eve, which means life. She's going to be a mother of all living. He speaks prophetically of her future and her purpose. Is that Eve means that he just, he didn't only roll over and whistle at her when he saw her for the first time. He said, prophesied. She's life. She's going to be the mother of all living. He states her purpose. And that's who she is. Mothers are the living functions of our life. They bring life to all of us. How many know that's true? They give life to everyone in this room. Thank God for our moms. I'd like to simply just preach to you on simply Eve. Eve. Would you lift your hands and ask God to speak to your spirit? The Bible says lift your heart with your hands. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. I do pray that you would move among us. Help us to do your will. Help us to grow in you. Pray the anointing of the Lord upon me as I preach the word of the Lord today. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 talks about the order of God's home order of God's creation and how God sees the order of authority in families. 
Help me know the world has it messed up today. And they really do. They, they have it messed up. But if you grab your Bibles there, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul makes this statement about spiritual order. I want everyone to say spiritual order. He said, be you followers of me in verse one, even as I also am of Christ. So he's talking as a, as a, as a pastor, as a spiritual leader. He was saying, um, follow me as I follow Christ. I would say to every man in the room, it's hard to follow you. It's hard for your family to follow you if you are not following Christ. There's no such thing as do what I say, but not what I do. You do not, you do not, you really don't get what you teach. You produce what you are. That's a, that's a, um, a certainly a strong statement. And, and so as a pastor, I can't just teach you and live another way. The product is going to be not what I teach, but it's going to be what I live. It's the same way in my home. I've got to, I've got to be what I'm supposed to be as a man. And I, I will say on behalf of every lady in here that the, the ladies want the men in their home, whether it be a husband and or their child, they want you to be a man. They want you to be who you're supposed to be. You know, when Adam and Eve are in the garden and, and uh, well, I'm gonna get a lot of amens from the ladies today. And the 8.30, I was getting nervous. I was getting a little bit, bit, bit in the danger ground with the women, I think. But here, I'm going to do this better in the 10.30. Uh, but when Adam was in the garden and Eve, Eve was deceived by the serpent and she handed him, uh, she took the fruit and handed Adam uh, the fruit and said, here, take also. Uh, he should have said, no, I'm not allowing that in this house. That's what he should have done. But instead, he, he, he took on his fallen nature and that was to be passive, to disobey God and to please the moment. He took of the fruit and when he did, sin entered the world. I do submit to you today that sin did not enter when Eve took of the fruit. She had a husband that was made in the image of God. And when he was made in the image of God, God told him, don't take of that tree. And when the enemy slipped into the family and said, half God said subtly, day after day, deceived her into taking this and questioning, when she came to him with the fruit, with a piece of it bitten out of, he should have said, no, that's not what we're doing because he was to be the man of God in the family, but because he chose to be passive, what could have been a stopping of a curse for the whole world became a curse to the whole world. And he also took of the, of the, of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And when he did, he fell into a fallen nature in Romans records by one man's sin entered into the world, not by Eve, but by Adam. I mean, no, that's true. Can I say to every man in this room, in a culture that promotes men to be passive, men need to stand up and be leaders. That's who you need to be. It has never been the will of God 
for the woman to set the spiritual role in the home. It has never been the will of God for the woman to be the only one approaching God for the house. It has always been God's design to speak to the priest of the house and then that flow through the home of the house. And when we get that out of order, let me just go ahead and tell you, the fallen nature of a man is to be passive and say, you make the decision. You determine if we're going to go to church or not. You determine what we're going to pray. You determine what the kids are going to do. You determine, you determine, you determine. It was never the will of God for a woman to determine what God's role and plan was for the home. It has always been God's design for the man who was made in the image of God to reflect what God wanted in the home and she was to follow God's divine order. My, 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 my. Somebody say amen. And so what you have is the fallen nature of Adam was to be passive. The fallen nature of Eve was to be aggressive. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. You know, back in the day, they'd say, you know who wears the pants in the family? And what it was saying was, is that I'm the boss. Oh, my goodness. God did not make the woman in his image as he made the man. God made the man to be in the image of God and she was to be under authority of the man. And the Bible says that the Bible says, let's read it in 1 Corinthians. Now I sound like I'm in trouble. Hey, we're gonna get in the word of God. That's why the world's a mess. Women are trying to make the decision for the home when God had called the man to do that. It doesn't mean he's the only one making a decision. What it means though, they work as a team, but anything that has two heads is out of line. And God called the man to be a man that is reflecting what God wanted for the family. And she followed that. I'm gonna tell you what would have happened in the garden if Adam would have said, no, we're not taking the tree. God said not to take the tree. You know what she would have done? She would have been very attractive to him, attracted to him. Thank God for a man that will stand for truth. Thank you, honey, for not allowing that in my house. Thank, thank you. I was, I was wrong. I had a, had a spirit that came to me in a weak moment. Thank you for saving us because the curse would have stopped. But instead, he let her make the decision, fell into the trap of the enemy, and chaos broke out into the home. When a, when a king, listen to me. Let, me, let me stay here for a minute. Everybody say amen. amen. Oh, I feel nervousness in the building. I think it's just me. When a high priest would go before the Lord and the king would come to the high priest, the high priest was always a man. But they would come to the high priest because he was in the reflection of the image of God representing the person of authority. That's why the Bible says for a man to pray uncovered. That's why men shouldn't wear their hat in church. Because when you approach God, when you approach God with a hat on as a man, I'm not talking about women, but when you approach God with a hat on and you've got a hat on, what you're saying is I'm in an authority to my spouse. I'm under authority. What you're saying is, I'm not the authority in my home. Somebody else is. And what God wants a man to be, he wants man to be under authority to him, but he doesn't want man to be under authority to somebody in that house. It was never the will of God for the man to be submitted to his wife. But why are all men, well, listen, I'm, I'm here. I can't get out of it. I've, I've done talk too long. Well, you make the decision. You just do that. And we have created a culture that has caused our wives to step out of the alignment in which God called them to be. Yeah. 
We have forced him to have to be aggressive instead of in a submissive role. And that is where chaos has broke out because no one knows what the order is any longer. And so when a man approaches God with his head covered, what he is saying is somebody else is making the decisions in my house. And if a woman goes before the Lord uncovered, I'll get detail later. I'll do it on a Sunday night. But when a woman goes before the Lord uncovered, what she's saying is I'm the boss. I'm the boss. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 15, the Bible says her hair was given her for a covering. And that's why it talks about that a man, it's a shame for him to have long hair because he was never supposed to step before God outside of his role as being in the image of God. And typically when a man is getting older, he does lose his hair. And I'll preach about me for a minute. I am made in the image of God. Before a woman... For a woman, God has given her hair for a covering. That's why the Bible talks about long hair and it's for her for a glory. Everybody say the glory. The glory. And what it is, the glory of the home is that God is in my house and he is leading our home because I have a husband that is in spiritual alignment with God. Listen, men, we have to live a life that can be respected. That can be wholesome. That can be looked up to. And I'm telling you, listen, I'm going to say it again. If Adam would have said not Guess what? Sin would have never entered the world. We wouldn't be in the mess we're in. But because he became passive to God's word, passive to what God wanted, chaos broke out. Listen, our country is in bad shape. Why? Because the homes are a mess. We have preached so much equality and I'm for equal in a lot of areas, but it was never the will of God for the woman to be aggressive leader in the home. It was the will of God for the man to be the high priest of the home, to be the spiritual leader, to approach God and say, I am what you call me to be. Oh, can you clap your hands and say amen? Hey, I'm going to speak on behalf of every lady in the room. Women do not want to be married to a weak man. They don't want somebody to know, I ain't nobody. You just go ahead. I'm a dummy. I'm weak. I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not attractive. You just, you probably got the wrong guy. You know, I, I can't believe you married me. I'm going to tell you right now, it makes them sick. They don't like insecure men. I'm going to speak on behalf. I feel an authority coming on me. And all this stuff in our culture that's making, win, making men weak and passive and no value and they don't have a role, it, it, is, it, is, it is throwing this thing out. There's nothing more attractive than someone being confident in their own skin. How many know that's true? Women want to be married to somebody that they can look up to in a spiritual role that they know who they are in God. And the purpose of the church is to get you out of what culture's making you and to get you back to what God designed you to be. It's called revival. It's called reconciliation. It's called restoration. God wants men to be men. He does not want men to be women. Come on, I'm going to tell you right now. He doesn't want a man to be weak. He doesn't want men to be passive. He wants men to be men. That's what he wants men to do. I mean, no, it's true. And God doesn't want women to be men. He doesn't want a woman leading the home. He doesn't want a woman, woman to be the aggressor and setting the tone. He doesn't want that. Now, if a man is smart, he's not going to get up and boss her around because that's not biblical. It ought to be a hearty amen. amen. She's not less than him. She's not uh, less important than him. She plays a different role than he does. We are, we are differently made. First Corinthians chapter 11 goes on, talks about praying covered or uncovered and we can get in detail later. I'm not gonna do it on Sunday morning. But he says, he says in first Corinthians chapter 11, he goes on and says, uh, 
In verse eight, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. What's it talking about? What's Paul teaching? Always remember, and I'm teaching on parallel, biblical parallels on Wednesday night. I'm gonna do it again Wednesday. But biblical parallels. Remember, when they're writing the New Testament, there was no New Testament. They were basing their teaching off of the Old Testament. That's the only thing they had to, to compare the Word of God to. And so they were writing the New Testament for us. It wasn't necessarily written to us, but for us. How I many know that? Based upon the teaching of the Word of God. Don't let anybody tell you the Old Testament is not important. The New Testament is in parallel and on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So when you begin to understand what's God's order, I'm gonna tell you we're in a mess. If we're gonna base what we do on what Hollywood thinks we should do, we should stand on the word and say, I want my family to be a God family. I want it to be a holy family. I want it to be a righteous family. I don't want a mess. Amen. And watch what it says. It says, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. What is it talking about? It is saying this, is that when God made Adam, he, he looked down and Adam is by himself. He said, it's not good. He needs help. All you men know I'm telling you the truth. You can, you, you can hunt out a deer, spend six months, then find a deer, but you can't even find you can't even find your tie or your socks. A Phillips screwdriver. Can I, you know, it sounds like Father's Day message. I'm sorry, but here it is. You can't even find a screwdriver. And when you're looking for a Phillips, you only find flatheads. When you're looking for a flathead, the only thing you find is a Phillips. Can I get a witness from some man? You know it's the truth. You don't know. You... I mean, I come out, my wife tries to help me. Organization is not my best gifting. And I come up one day and Julie said, Dad, there's your stuff on the end of the counter. That's the papers. Here's your keys. Here's your stuff. Don't forget any of it. I'm like, I only needed one woman bossing me. Now I've got three in the house bossing me. God said he needs help. He can't do it. Remember this. The only thing that Adam had in the garden in relationship was with God. And God said, it's not good. He needs to help me. And so God made him go to sleep. Everybody say asleep. When it did, it was the first surgery. He reached inside me and he pulls out a rib and he forms a woman. And she was made for him. Not to boss, but to lead. Because he was made in the image of God. The Bible says they were both made in the image of God. But his role, his role was different than her role. The Bible says, listen to what it says. It says, but for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. What's it saying? It's not saying that a man doesn't, it's not saying that she's to serve him. You know, if you're not careful, these young men getting married be like, well, Sarah called Abraham Lord. You try it. You try it. Your meal's going to be dirt or going to be burnt for 30 years. Somebody told me this morning, they said, you know why Adam sinned? Because he should have been cooking his own, that first meal should have been eating his own fruit. Listen to me here today. What is it saying? Is that she brings something to the family a man cannot. She brings life. He can't birth children. Troubles me. They got men trying to birth children. That's another point. But here we are. It was the woman that brings life. Her biological makeup, the anatomy of her body is to produce life. 
children that come out of her womb. That's why Rachel said what she said in the scripture when she was barren. She said, give me children lest I die. Why? It is the anatomy. It is the emotion. It is her, her, it, it is everything about her is to produce life. That's why they show up at kinder. That's why we created kindergarten graduations. It's a thing. Stand up there and count to a hundred and mom's snapping pictures. When I was there, they didn't have smartphones, cell phones, Polaroid. Y'all with me right now? 35 millimeter camera silent, you know, we getting old. They don't even know what a record is. I remember eight track tapes. Anybody else? We need to quit and go home. I'm rambling right now. I mean, eight track tapes, Statler brothers. I thought it was cool because it was ancient. And for all those that was relevant, then you're old. I'm going to tell you right now. I just used it because it was ancient. Where was I? Kindergarten class, somebody said. I mean, they're at everything. I mean, it's not the little league kids that fight. Come to the music. It's mom! Johnny, come on, Johnny. Johnny needs another chance. Johnny, don't you strike out, Johnny. Why did I say Johnny? I don't know. It just came to me. She wants success. She wants him to succeed. She wants, she wants to celebrate. And to not celebrate life is the opposite of her nature. To not want them to live, to not want them to grow. That's why when Jesus was on the cross, he could not die. Well, Mary's looking at him, begging him to live. No. No, don't. He's, he's hanging on the cross, blood's dripping out of his body. He's looking down and there she won't leave. She's still there. Everybody's run away except John and her. Only people passing her mocking him. Mom, you're making this hard. Mom, no, mom. You, 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 mom, don't die. Oh, baby, don't die. Jesus, don't die. Oh, I there with that nails in you. Oh, you're hurting. Every true mother would want to trade places with their hurting child. Every mother, don't die. Jesus, don't die. His best friend standing there, the closest disciple. His tears running, his face, blood's dripping out of him. And, and, and here is she's, you know she was. You know she was. You know, she was. Uh, I don't want him to die. I don't want him to die. I don't want him to die. Take away the sin of the world. She's going back in her mind. His life is flashing before her eyes. And he's dying. And finally he said, John, take her home. Because she's the origin of his flesh. And when God wanted to change the world, he said, I'm going to do it through a woman. That's highly favored. I'm going to do it through a woman that's virtuous and holy because I'm going to choose Mary 
because Mary's going to protect me. Mary's not going to let anything in her body that's not right that would defile the child. Mary is going to care. Mary's going to protect. Mary is wise. Mary is young, but she's wise. And if I'm going to come and change the world, I'm going to come through the womb because there's something I've made in a woman. Women want the child to live. Women want the baby to be protected. Women are guarding that. I realize we're in a culture that's against that today, but that's not how God designed it. God designed it for a woman to be passionate, a mother to be passionate about life. That's why Adam turned around and prophesied when he looked at her. He said, Eve, that means life. And you know what he was saying? It's not just God that gives us life. There is an Eve that gives us life. There's something about a mom when you get scratched, they run right past dad, they run up to mom and she makes it better. We get sick, we run to mom because she makes it better. When things are going wrong, you go to mom because she makes it better. It's not that dad's not important. His role is to lead righteous. His role is to be an example. His role is to be a godly man. But there's something about when mom's involved. She brings love, she brings life, she brings hope, she brings peace. There's something about a mother. There's something about a mother. And Jesus is hanging on the cross. Blood is dripping out of him. He knows he's already, he's already submitted to the will of God when he was in the garden against him. And he said, Mom, John, behold thy mother. Best thing I can give you is her, John. You're going to need her. John, behold, behold thy mother. From that very moment, he took her home to his house. Why did he send his mother home? But he can't cause he and his own power couldn't die when she's standing there wanting him to live. She represents the origin of his flesh. Live, Jesus. She wasn't operating out of the will of God. It's just what God entrusted for the Son of God to be born and to succeed. It was a Mary. It was a Jochebed to Moses, to Aaron. And the Miriam, it was a trusted vessel to bring something in that was going to change the world. And I preached to you today, man, I'll just try to wrap this up here today. But that's why the Bible says the woman, the, the man, the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man, because she brings a life to the family like he can never bring to the family. It is in her to want it to succeed. So there's this thing that happened. Adam failed his wife. He failed his future family by taking things that were forbidden. He did. I mean, no, it's true. Sin entered the world. Cain murders Abel. But there was this hope line that it's not always going to be like this because Jesus went so far to say, he said, devil, you brought chaos to this family. But there's going to come a baby out of the womb. Genesis 3. Can I preach to you, Calvary, for a minute? Out of the, out of the seed of a woman. Genesis 3.15. Out of the seed of a woman. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. It's not over yet. There's another mother on the way. <laughs> and it's going to have greatness that comes out of that. Can somebody say amen? amen. 
And so guess what? The angel visited Mary and said, you're going to conceive, going to bring forth the son, you're going to call his name Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sins. And out of the womb comes a lamb. She nourished it. She cared for him. She trained him up to be what he was supposed to be. And he became at 30 years old. Mom, don't you remember when you lost me? I was in the temple. I've got a job to do. What did he say? I must be about my what? My father's business. I've got a job to do, Mama. Here he is in three and a half years of ministry and perfection and righteousness and purity. You can see the love of God unfolding through him as the son of God. You can see it unfolding. All of a sudden when he's hanging on a cross, she shows up. This is not the way I want it. Mom, what you don't understand, it's not going to be the only mother and son situation. There's a purpose I have to fulfill for the will of God to be done. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And when he died, the Bible says by one man sin entered into the world. By Adam. Everybody say Adam. Yeah. Romans says, but by one man righteousness entered into the world. By the second Adam. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Both. Adam was the son of God. Jesus was the only begotten of the father. How many know that? Son of God through the womb. You'll find that. And watch what happens. He's hanging on the cross, and just like Adam went to sleep. After he died, they pierced him with the spear. And from the fifth rib, blood and water ran out so much that the Bible says they recorded it. They'd never seen anything like in all the crucifixions. They'd never seen such water and blood run out of a man that poured out of him almost like a fountain that spilled down. And I, I, realize, I realize it's Calvary, it's gross, but when you think of the blood that began to hit that ground and it came out of him, it was something else about to happen because if Adam in the, in, in the Genesis brought sin and, and, and he and his wife, when she was the mother of all the living, if Eve is to Adam, then Jesus been the second Adam. Who is his Eve? Who is his bride? Who is the bride of Christ? I'm going to tell you who it is. It's the church. It's us. It's us. I'm going to help you now. The Bible says we are the bride of Christ. And as Eve was taken from the rib of Adam, the church was taken out of the rib of Christ. That's why when blood and water came out, and that's why we sing songs like, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. I submit to you today, you might have walked in a sinner, but because he died, he died because of his blood, because of Calvary, you can walk out of here a saint. You can walk out of here the bride of Christ, holy, acceptable, and pure. Let's all stand. Somebody say amen. Calvary allows me to become the trusted bride. I am now Eve, the life giver, the mother of all living. The hope of a community is not politics, policies, or stimulus checks. What's the hope? It's the mother of all creation. It's a parallel of scripture. Adam and Eve, Christ and his church. And that's why he said, for men to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself. 
Every husband ought to adore your wife. Come on now. He gave himself. He gave his life. Why? Because he knew the hope of the world was not just in God. All Adam had was God. Adam needed an Eve. Please don't think I'm being sacrilegious or, 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 or being, being against the Lord in any way. But God sees the world and he knows they don't just need him. They need his bride. If all they needed was him, he wouldn't have said to his disciples, greater works than these shall you do. He wouldn't have said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they recover. He wouldn't have me up here preaching if all he needed was him. But the world doesn't need just him. He needs a couple. He needs him and his church. That's why his first miracle was out of marriage of Galilee. Because it's all parallels. Nothing honor, honors God more than a holy marriage. That's led in divine order. It brings light and hope to the children. It does. Man, I feel a revival of marriage here today. Of recommitment, rededication, being what God. When a man is in his order as a husband that God wants him to be, and she's in her role as a both equally are amazingly complete and happy and fulfilled. Give me a passive man, he's miserable. Give me an aggressive woman, she's miserable. It's truth. It might be against culture, but I'm right. Because that's the word of the Lord. It's the truth. Hey, I'm helping you. And listen to me. The church represents the light of the world. Kids appreciate their father and all they do, but there's something hopeful and secure about a mother. How I many know it's so, so true? Our world is in major trouble. I'm not being negative, I'm being real. And all you mothers, God has entrusted you with a child that we all return to Him and say, Thank you for trusting me with this baby. Now, Lord, I'm going to be what you want me to be. I close in this. God dropped something in my spirit during the praise and worship when they, when they were singing that song. He never, he never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. Drop, God dropped something in my spirit. Phineas was a hypocrite in all kinds of sins. He was a priest. Phineas didn't live right. He committed sin. He was unfaithful. His wife is pregnant. Judgment comes to Israel. The Ark of the, Ark of the Covenant was removed, represented the presence of God, the glory of God. Her husband dies out of the judgment of God. The Ark, everybody said the Ark of the Covenant. It was the Word of God. It was the glory of God. It was the angelic presence of God. It was everything. You didn't go to war without the presence of God. You, you, you didn't have mercy without the mercy seat. You didn't have anything without the Ark of the Covenant. And it was stolen by the enemy. And all of a sudden, the home of Israel is absent from the word, from the glory, from direction, from
for mercy, the priest would actually go in before the Ark of the Covenant. When they would, there was a Urim and Thummim that if they were trying to get clarity and direction for the nation, there was one that would glow or the other. It was a yes or no. It was a true or false. It was the will of God or not the will of God. Man, we need that in our family. Can I say to every dad, that's not your wife's role. It's your role as a priest to be accepted into the presence of God. What do you want for my wife? What do you want for my children? What's your plan for our life? Where do you want us to be? They have needs. They need miracles. I mean, sometimes they need miracles. They need miracles, oh God. So a bit of the problem with the man is out of way because culture has pushed him away from what God designed him to be. And a woman's trying to do that. What's the direction for our family? What's the direction for our children? What's the direction? I'm not saying she can't pray. I'm not saying she can't. The Bible says when she prays or prophesies, I'm not taking a roll out. But I'm saying it was never the will of God for her to do that without him doing it as well. Finding the pace and the direction. Say, this is what we need to do. The Lord said, I had a dream. God spoke to me. That shouldn't be uncommon among Christians. And all of a sudden, her husband, who was out of sorts and out of way, dies. The ark is stolen. And she gives birth to a baby. Because the glory is gone. Everybody say glory. That's the key word today, glory. The prince of God is gone. She said, his name should be called Ichabod. Ichabod. You know what Ichabod means? There's no glory anymore. The whole purpose of the mother is to bring glory, a glory to her husband, a glory in the eyes of God, a glory to her children. But he's gone. He wasn't doing right. Judgments came, the presence of God. If there's no presence of God in my home, there's no hope for my children. I'm going to tell you this. You take the church out, you take God out, there's no hope for our country. There's no hope for me. There's no hope for my wife. It's God or no hope. Come on, culture's trying to take God out of everything, but there's got to be a church that says, I want the glory here. I want the presence of God here. I want God in my family. My goodness, it's not the will of God having babies outside of covenant. It's not just a product of pleasure. It's a role of habitation to give direction and clarity for their future. God has designed the home that there could be an example in the house representing the image of God and the love of God and the life-breathing power of God. My goodness, there's more to this than feeling God. Everybody say, look at your neighbor, say, don't name your baby Ichabod. Might as well say, or Jezebel while we're on here. Yeah. Man, I feel something, Pastor Gators. Don't name the baby Ichabod. Listen, I felt a word earlier. Don't name him Ichabod. Because just because he was out of alignment, just because culture wasn't right, things were right. Don't, don't say the baby has no future. I know how you feel. You, you've lost. There's a loss. The, dad is gone. Dad wasn't right. I understand in this situation. But don't name him Ichabod. Because something's about to happen when the nation wasn't doing right. Can I preach this three minutes? Yeah. 
You know what that means? Maybe six. Three times two and four, I don't know. Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Don't name him Mickey Bod. Because just because he failed, just because it looks like the nation has failed, the culture has failed, doesn't mean that God is done. He's been stolen. He's been pulled over to the, to the Philistine camp. They have, they have laid the Ark of the Covenant before their God Dagon as an offering of victory that they've overcome the Philistines. Listen, I realize it looks like there's loss in your home, loss in our city, loss in our culture, but God's not done with the United States. God's not done with Zanesville. He's not done with my family. He's not done. It's not over yet. Somebody shout, it's not over. Watch. And while everybody was mourning the loss of Eli the high priest, Hophni and Phinehas, the Ark of the Covenant, God was going to do something out of mercy and love for his people. Dagon wakes up. Excuse me. The sun wakes up the earth. And when they go in to check on their God, their God had fallen before the Ark of the Covenant. As if you might have tricked them in the low moment of their life. Culture got to, but you're not going to overcome my people even if they're low, even if they've done wrong, even if they made mistakes because I, my mercies are renewed every morning. I'm not done with my people. I'm not done. They've got failure. There's some chaos in the home, but it's not over. I'm still working. When they've been wrong, I'm working. When they, they, they had to set their God back up. Aren't you glad you don't have to set him up? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I don't have to set him up. Let's talk about it. I'm glad I don't have to set him up, dress him up, and dust him off. I'm glad he's got all by himself. He's got all by himself. I don't, woo! Watch what happens. They set him back up, but the sun came back up the next morning when they did. They went to check on their God. I'm glad I don't have to check on my God. I'm glad he's checking on me instead of me checking on him. Watch what happens. When they woke up the next morning and went in to check on the God Dagon, half fish, half man, falling down, his hands are broken off. His head is broken off. And what God was saying is, you're not gonna have headship authority over my people. You will not rule, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remove your hands. You know what followed? A curse came. A curse came upon the things that came against the people of God. It did. God struck them. There was about 70,000 of them that were destroyed. And God, you know what he did? He raised up a plan. My ark is coming back. It's on a cart. It's driven by a kind, which was a cow that had calves. There's my three and a half minutes. That was a mother that was leaving its nursing calves and she was lowing as it went. There was a female cow that was longing to get the, get the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. And I do believe here today, there's something about a mother it's in parallel about an Ichabod's mom that says, I'm not satisfied with a baby named the glory's gone. I'm gonna be a mom that's gonna bring glory back to my children. I have some mistakes. There's some things that, but I'm gonna bring the glory back. I'm gonna bring the presence of God back. She lowing as it went. What are you doing? I'm bringing the ark of God back to my children. I'm bringing the ark of God back to the children of Israel. And when they did, multiplication began to happen. They took it to the house of 
Obed-Edom. This is unnecessary, but a little bit funny. They tell me that they had every woman in his house in that neighborhood had six kids each. I don't know if that's a blessing. I bet they had three Mother's Days celebrated. Multiplication came. Here's what I feel. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel an anointing. I feel something special right now. Don't name it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't name the baby Ichabod. It's not over. The Lord revealed to me there's some mothers, there's some families that have had some chaos, but God's not done with your children. God's not done with your future. You can bring the Prince of God back to your home. You can do it. You can have a do-over. You can have a start-over. I feel that today. He's on the way. He never stops working. Even when I don't see it, when I deserve destruction, God's back taking care of my enemies. He's removing everything. He said, I'm coming back and it's going to be better. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to heal it. I'm going to touch your children. The Lord has given you a return. God is going to fix it. This lady right here, Carolyn, isn't it? Was on the front row, had an accident and damaged her foot, her leg. And guess what, Sunday night, she had limped into this church, they tell me, I didn't see it. But while the presence of God was moving, in the eve, in the bride, in a church that believes in healing and fixing broken things, that's what moms do, they fix broken things. Guess what, during the preaching, I started talking about miracles and she felt it and God took the leg that was shorter than the other and straightened it out perfect. Am I telling the truth? Come here. She's not limping anymore. She's healed. She's healed. God has let her return. He said, I'm going to heal your family. I'm going to heal your children. I'm going to fix what has been broke. It's not over yet. You are the Eve. You are the hope. Hey, listen. Ichabod had, Ichabod had a brother. Ichabod. I'm hungry. Drink too much coffee. Ichabod had a, Ichabod had a brother. Y'all don't want to be up here preaching what I preached. Ichabod had a brother. And his name meant the son of Jehovah. And he had a son that his name was my brother is good. You see, desperate moments make you feel like it's never going to get better. But don't say the baby's going to be Ichabod because when you messed up, it doesn't mean God's done. God's about to bring a son of God. God's about to fix the old past. He's, he's going to say, it's going to, come on, it's not going to be my brother has no glory. It's going to be my brother's all right. You can be all right, your family. I feel today, it doesn't matter how long you've had an addiction, God can fix it. It doesn't matter how long you've failed, God can fix it. Lift your hands all over the building and say, God, I'm believing for spiritual order. I thank you for the mother. I thank you for Eve. I thank you for the church that believes in healing. We're going to see more people restored. We're going to see more people healed. God, we're going after the children of God that have been broken, that have been labeled by dysfunction, that have been labeled by error. God, there's going to be light that's going to come to them. It's no longer Ichabod. It's going to be child of Jehovah, child of the King. God, you're going to fix it in Jesus' name. Listen, I feel, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. If you are here today and you feel like there's been error in your way,
You feel like you made some mistakes that brought some chaos. I want you to humble yourself right now and come over the Lord and say, I need some things fixed. I don't care if you're a man. I don't care if you're a woman. It doesn't matter. I want you to come. I know it's Mother's Day, but I feel healing that you can say, I'm going to get back in God's divine order. I'm not stepping out. I'm not good. That's it. Who cares what somebody thinks? God wants to bring healing. I feel delivering power coming in this room. We're not mocking anybody that's praying. That's what the church is for. It's a place where people can be healed. It's a place where families can be restored. Come on, God's going to set you free immediately. Today I repent. That's it. Come on, don't, if you feel a tug, you say, that was for me. I feel something happening. I got out of God's plan. Somebody in my life got out of God's plan. I'm not naming my children hopeless. I'm not naming my children hopeless. Only God can judge them. I believe them for healing. Come on, there's more. There's more that God is dealing with in this room. Hallelujah. Would the church help me pray? Come on. God's going to show up. God's going to show up in that house. He's going he's to remove everything that's against you. He's giving you a return. He's giving you a new start. Today I find healing. Even when I don't feel Today I find restoration. Even when I don't feel it, you're he's gonna working. Fix it. You never stop. God's gonna you never fix stop it. working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.